is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet. Now at his feet we bow.
where I'm going. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, guys. Man, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can you wonder or don't you wonder how the angels sounded when they appeared before the shepherds? How they sang when Jesus came out of the tomb? How victory over death was proclaimed over all mankind that whosoever will could be free. Whosoever will could walk with God. Hallelujah. Easter. Easter is a Christian necessity of recognition. It is every believer's responsibility to make sure that their faith and activity in Easter is always alive at this season. Some people think that Easter is optional, but that would be saying that the feast of Israel were optional. That would be saying that the Passover lamb was optional. But God put in the life and the uh, nature of Israel feast, holy days, holidays, times of reminiscing, times of reinforcing, times of shoring up our faith. And that's what the feasts were for. They were to call to remembrance our commitment to God, to remember what God had done for Israel. And that's what the holidays, the holy days, the feasts, the things that we are involved in, whether there's something that we do after Israel or whether we do by tradition. There are things that stir our faith. There are things that motivate our faith. There are things that challenge our faith. Faith unchallenged is simply a faith on its way out of your life. I'll say that again. A faith that's without challenge is a faith that's on its way out of your life. So many Christians think it weird, but the Bible says don't think it strange concerning the fiery trials that come to defeat, to destroy, to overthrow, to consume your faith because it's just a way of a life to the believer to have his faith challenged to have it affirmed and to find it after the fire has gone out that is the way of God hallelujah let's today receive our tithe and offering now if you're giving in the Easter offering I'm going to ask you to wait and to bring that down after our regular tithe and offering and as we receive our tithe and offering today, you know that it goes into our general fund. It pays the bills. It does local outreach. And sometimes it sponsors things like our uh, orphanages that we build, the wells that we dig in other countries, uh, the crusades that we do, uh, or the crusades that we sponsor for other people. You know, I have uh, been associated with the denomination uh, the last several years and I just told them that you know what your denomination is dying and they said what do you mean I said none of them believe in miracles and uh, so what I did was I set up a crusade for them 
they had to go preach. And they took teams from churches and they took them. And I went and met with them, instructed them, prayed with them, and imparted to them. And they went down and they began to see miracles. Blind people seeing, deaf ears being opened, people's lives being healed. Now, to them, it was a great, great thing. They had 300 people saved in about three or four days, and that's good. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, I'm glad that they were saved and converted, but the point being is that as we give and as we tithe, then we understand that we not only provide for the house, but we provide for others. The Bible says that God enables us to be sufficient in all things that as we meet the saints of the, the needs of the saints that we release wellsprings of thanksgiving unto God. And so today as we receive our tithing offering, it is a time that we as a church enable our church to be partakers and participants of the work of the kingdom. So let's pray today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, for the tither, those that are faithful, and God, those that have made a commitment, that God, to acknowledge you as being the source of all their lives. It is a key, God, to the future blessing of every believer. And God, I thank you that you've given us that master key, that important key that unlocks the windows of heaven. Then, God, I thank you for the seed that you've placed in everybody's life. That, God, they give purposely, willfully, with intent to receive a harvest from you. That, God, they're able to minister not only to their own needs, their family's needs, but, God, to contribute to their neighbor's needs as well as their brothers and sisters and the work of the kingdom. You, God, are the source of all blessing in our life. And we will not deny it, nor will we stand without receiving it through tithing and giving. And God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Stand your feet and bring your tithe and offering unto the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, do we have any hats in the house? Any women wear hats today? Where, where, where? There you go. Thank God. 
Thank you, Sharon. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe that, well, I better not say that. I like hats on Easter. <laughs> I just love to see people in Easter hats. Uh, I think it's kind of a tradition that is dying out. And uh, we'd rather have orange hair sticking up than a hat on their head, which I don't care. And, uh, but I do love. How many of you have got new Easter outfits? More women than men, I bet you. Yeah, hallelujah. Well, if you got a new Easter outfit, I'll stand up and let me look at you. Come on, where are they? There, hallelujah, Sally, there. Oh, that little girl got one. Hallelujah. Julie, hallelujah. Well, my, my. What happened to the rest of you? Oh, Jeff got a new one. Man, how many men got new outfits? Oh, one. I'm sure that was because you were singing. Right? <laughs> hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm glad that you're here. I'm, hallelujah. I remember my mother when we were young. And she was uh, going to the church of God. She would get us up. We had to be at church at 5 o'clock. So she would get us up and get us all ready. And we would go to the church and the... Uh, Station wagon. Some of you don't know what a station wagon is. It, it, it's, a, it's a hearse. That's the closest thing. Some of you, you, you will. And uh, the uh, station wagon would pull up. And they'd start loading us in like, you know, they would, like luggage. Here's one here. You know, and uh, forget about the laws. There weren't any laws. If you could get them crammed in there, you could haul them. And uh, we would go to church, and uh, we would sing. We would praise God. And then we would go home about 7 o'clock, and then we would come back for 10 o'clock service. But it was an effort, just like today is an effort for you, and I appreciate you being here. And uh, those are things that have always as it were, stuck in my mind. Something that made an impression. And uh, how many of you ever were dragged to church on a... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there. Uh, I don't know if I was dragged. I think I slept on my way. But, you know, everybody made uh, their kids come. So all the good-looking girls were there in the early service. You want to make sure you get there early. And... Uh, so this is a great time of celebration for us. But I want to receive the uh, Easter offering. So if you are a participant of that, if uh, could I have a thank you, Brother Ed? Bring those right out here. Hallelujah. This Easter offering goes to things. Really what we do is we maintain and we transform things. We upgrade things all around our church. And, of course, this doesn't do it but it's it's a big portion of it so as you give it you'll see things change and transform around your church and new things come up father in the name of jesus god men and women that first have given themselves to the lord and secondly god they have given themselves to you and god they went above and beyond what they were asked or what they were required. 
It is God, really, a sacrifice and a gift of love to you, to your kingdom, and to your house of worship. Now, God, we ask you to bless these people today, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Stand your feet and bring your Easter offering. Hallelujah. cross the foolishness to the world but to you and I that believe the power of God to save a soul to change a life and to set free the bound if you would join me today and turn to 1 Corinthians the 11th chapter we're going to start in verse 21 this is Paul's unveiling of the communion table of the body of Jesus Christ it is the most in-depth the most defining passage of Scripture concerning not only the symbolism which was the Passover lamb in numbers the 12th chapter in Exodus the 12th chapter but also in all of the New Testament Paul begins to unveil to us the power of communion. Some people think, why do we take communion? Why do we need communion? Is it really significant? Is it making a difference in my life? Do I really have to do it? Well, the Bible says that we shall live by every word that proceedeth the mouth of God. And there is life within the communion table. And so we're going to talk about communion for a few moments today. And then we're going to begin to pray for the sick. And God's going to be do, begin to do what God always does. Hallelujah. Communion is a revisiting of our faiths or the place of the birth of our faith. Let's look at verse 21. And it says this. For in eating every man taken before other his own supper and one is hungry and another is drunken what have ye not houses to eat and to drink in or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not 
What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. And this do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. But he, but let a man examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged, that we should not be judged or condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Communion reminds us of a common nature, that we have all been sinners. Paul said that we are not to come together, one being able to drink excessively or one being able to eat while another person is hungry or struggling. He said, that's not what the church is for. The church and the assembly and the communion table is a time of unification of the church. It is certainly a time where those that have great abundance are becoming aware of those that have not. And so because we are common one of another and dependent one upon another and all dependent upon the Lord, then you and I become aware of other people. It's only when we think that we are above everybody else's circumstance that we forget others. But what we want to do is we want to remember that we were all sinners, born under sin, bound by sin, and Jesus Christ came to cause us to become one of equal value and of equal quality and equal importance in the kingdom of God. Go to get an amen. It is not the rich versus the poor. The poor versus the rich is not the middle class. It is that you and I are dependent one upon another as well as we are all dependent upon God helping us to do what God has asked us and called us to do. Amen. So Paul gets this revelation of communion. When I was thinking about it, it's kind of like we all revisit places in our life. Uh, I seen a, 
a movie the other day about it. Phyllis and I watched it, and it was about a man and a, a man that wanted to go back to when he was young. And he said, oh, I just love this place. So he goes back to the place, and he takes his future uh, fiancé with him. He has a diamond ring right in his uh, backpack. And they're trudging along, and pretty soon, you know, the bugs come out, all the stuff comes out. And uh, he's just so excited. I just want to show you. It's so beautiful. And he trudges her way up into the mountain. And lo and behold, the lake that he wants to show her doesn't even exist anymore. He's stuck out there with a woman that he's going to ask to marry him. A great plan. But everything has changed Later in the movie, he gets eaten by a bear. She takes the ring and goes home. Now, the reason I said that, as shocking as it may be, is that a lot of us have places that you and I visit. We call them anniversaries. We call them celebrations of birthdays. We reminisce about going back to the old home place. But everything changes. And so it's really hard to reminisce about things that have been torn down or remodeled or somebody else lives in and they've redecorated. But when he talks here about communion, Paul really calls us to a place of representing what first laid hold of a dark heart. Paul says, I want you to call to remembrance the elements that it took to bring redemption. So Paul really wants us to go back and reminisce. He wants us to remember that we once were sinners. Not to become bound by it, not to be uh, tormented by it, not to be... uh, uh, condemned by he wants us to remember where we were so we can remember where we are and so he wants us to look back not just back to our sinful life but back to the cross when we first came into the place where the goodness the joy and and the the blessing of God so overcome us that we were willing to forsake all to lay hold of the cross. And so Paul wants us to revisit. Paul's saying communion is to be a re-representative or a re-presenting of the work of the cross. You saw it in your life. You've tasted of it. You've rejoiced in it. You've understood its cleansing power. You've understood its power to keep you and to give you peace. You understood that it was at the cross where your faith was born and where nothing else mattered but Jesus. The cross is where you first became so bold that it didn't matter what people thought. You were going to tell the story of redemption. Didn't matter how many friends it cost, you had become a soldier of the cross. 
And so what Paul says is this. I want you to go back. And I want you to reminisce about the moment that you came in contact with Jesus Christ. Do you remember who you used to be? Do you remember how bold you were? Do you remember how confident you were? Do you remember how assured you were? Did you remember how much you used your faith? How many times you called upon the Lord? How many times you did this that you couldn't stop praising him? You couldn't stop dancing? You was the first one in church, the last one to leave, your hands lifted up. Do you remember that zeal that you once had in the cross? Because I know that 90% of this church has transitioned out of who they used to be. Now, we call it maturity, thank God. But maturity just should mean that you can dance better, shout louder. And you have learned how to contain and, and be strengthened for the duration of a service instead of taking sleeping breaks in between. And so, Paul wants us to go back. He says, let me present to you again the broken body of Jesus Christ. Let me present to you again this shed blood that was shed not because I deserved it, but because I didn't deserve it. I want you to remember that, and I want you to remember how good it tasted, how clean you felt, how bold you were in your witness, how passionate you were. And then I would ask you to look at yourself and say, are you the same or has your fire went out? That's what a revisiting of the cross does for us. How many of you went back to the same place that you went on your honeymoon 48 years trying to stir the fire of love in your heart? Your want to or it's fine. It's just that nothing else will help you get there. Everything had become silent. And all you can do is love one another and reminisce. But that's not with the cross. The cross tells us that we can stir ourselves up. Just for the simple fact that we can come back and call to remembrance what Jesus has done for us, it tells me this, that you and I can lose that which once was imparted. Jesus came to give us abundant life, there is no doubt. But sometimes in the abundance and the assurance of provision that God has given us, we can forget where all of that come from. Remember Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18? Least you forget that God gave you the power to get wealth and you start saying, I myself got here. See, when we first got saved, how dependent we were on the cross to deal with the old man. How sincere we were to, God, if there's any unclean thing in me, 
find it. We, I remember, Brother Bud, do you remember in the church, we would have sanctifying services. Sanctifying services were, whew, that meant that whatever you hadn't given up, whatever connected you to the world, you were invited to the altar to give it up. Not just to come and say, oh God, I'm not going to do it anymore. No, no, no. Them old women would grab you and you wasn't about to go until they had the witness that you were sanctified. Oh yeah, I'm telling you, someday it would go way into the night. I'm telling you, even though you had to get up Go into the coal mine. They were not concerned about your tiredness the next day. They were not letting you go up until God talked to them. So in about the middle of the service, you're praying, God, let him hear. Let him have eyes to see so you could get out of there. They wouldn't let you go. One would be saying, God, I know that there's something in him that he needs to give up. Your eyes are saying, what, God, what, God, what, God? The other one's saying, God, I know you've got a plan for him. Break him, break him, God, break him. I'm thinking, oh, God, please don't show up. It reminded me of Hawk Hogan. Hallelujah. And, but what they were trying to do was get us separated, a willful surrender of that which was not necessary. You might say, oh, you sound like a, an old Baptist, a Pentecostal preacher. Listen, the gospel has not changed. And we still have to be sanctified unto the covenant of God and to our consecrated, committed life with Christ. And so he says, I want you to call to remembrance. Remember, think about what it was like when you first met Jesus. And then he says, I want you to remember it because that's the faith that is going to keep you, keep you sure until the coming of the day of Christ. Until the coming of the day of Christ. Let's not be weary. Let us come back to the wells of our salvation. And be refreshed and stirred, reflamed and refired with the reality of the cross. Not just that it's a conversation piece, but that it is a purpose for which we live. Let us come back and look at ourselves. And it says this, if any man partakes of it unworthily. I think that there are, it's a double meaning there. I think that it means that we should never take it while we are living in an ongoing sinful life, certainly. But more than that, it says not discerning the Lord's body. This has to do with we can take it unworthily because we don't attribute value and faith to what Jesus did. If we just discard, the Bible says in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, we need to live in a moment of great reverence or fear unto the Lord, lest a promise escape us. Folks, the bread that fell from heaven was for a period of time, 
and it was to be eaten before it was ever manifested again. And we need to consume everything that Jesus did for us by faith before he returns. We need to live in the fullness of God. Could it get an amen? And so, it is a time that we reminisce not only about what has happened to us, but what Jesus did. When we partake of that broken blood, bread, do we remember that we were cursed, but now we're blessed? He has bore all of the curses in his body on a tree, on the cross, for the sole purpose that all the blessings of Abraham would come upon you and I as individuals, Gentiles in nature. God blessed us while we were still cursed. We remember Isaiah that he bore our transgressions, our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace before God was upon him. And by his stripes, ye were healed. We need to lay hold of the promises of God once again. You say, man, how am I going to do that? You know, that is a great quandary to me because sometimes when I see things in the Bible, I say, God, how? And he'll say, just begin. What do you mean, just begin? Every victory starts with a step of faith. Just take one step. The other will be provided. There'll be a stone that will rise up out of your storm. There'll be a light that will break through the cloudy nights. There will be the form of a tree that you will see. I'm quickly going to wrap this up. Years ago, I had my red truck. And uh, I was going down the road and I was headed for church and Phyllis was with me and, and I was just going through a, a tough time. Not with people, just a tough time. The devil beats everybody up. Amen. He, he does, doesn't spar with you. He fights with us all. And I was just in a, a dire straits. And I turned onto the freeway from Fair Road, I think it is. Yeah, it is Fair Road. And uh, I turned onto the freeway and started down the freeway ramp. And I looked out my left a window to check my rear view mirror. And in my rear view mirror was a cross right in the center of my mirror and two smaller crosses beside it. I stopped and pulled over. And I told Phyllis, I said, honey, look out the window and see that mirror. She looked out the mirror and she said, oh, my God, there's three crosses on there. I said, I, I thought maybe I was seeing stuff. So I rolled down the window, wiped the mirror off. Crosses don't disappear. So I called my son-in-law and said, Randy, I'm telling you, I'm sitting here on the freeway. I'm seeing crosses. Here comes the great wisdom of Randy. You must have telephone poles behind you. I said, you think? One taller, two smaller, in a line? 
said, well, where are you? I said, I'm getting ready to get on the freeway. There are no telephone poles. So I get to church. I tell Eric, Eric, go out there and clean my mirror off. He goes out there and cleans the mirror off. He comes in and says, you know, there's three crosses on your mirror. I said, really? Then I send it out, and I have it washed. Those three crosses are not on the outside. Those three crosses stayed in that mirror until my good friend and maintenance man, David Hewitt, backed it out of my garage and ripped it right off my truck. And like any good son, gets it fixed before I get home. So I don't get the mirror with the three crosses. I just get a new mirror. And he thinks I'm supposed to be happy. I wasn't happy. But you have to forgive people no matter what they do to you. And so one of the great events of my life was destroyed by another. But we have to have reminiscence we have to have memory and I remember that God was with me have a picture of it but I'd love to have the mirror but I do have a picture for verification this reminds communion reminds you and I the church his people the covenant people the army gathered to establish the kingdom, to break humanity free by preaching the truth. He wants us to remember that his great desire for us as if we remember the sacrifice it took to get us to where we are. The sacrifice of his body, his blood, and the power of the resurrection that sets us free. The resurrection is the place where we are justified, we're acquitted, we're made righteous, freed from death, and empowered and seated in heavenly places. Let's remember today. Let's remember. How, how do I get started again? Just one step. One step seems so simple, so foolish, but it's just say, God, I, I want to keep your commandments. You take one step. No more this in my house. You take another step. No more this in my life. And you just start walking. And you look back and you find yourself being rekindled with the fires that focus your faith on the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. Gentlemen, hello, David. 
Father, in the name of Jesus. God, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. It wasn't in how it was baked. It wasn't in the markings on the bread. God, it was just that Jesus was saying, take this because my body is about to be broken. It's about to be scarred and marred beyond recognition. But this is the Passover that I've looked forward to. So many have passed, but today, this one right here, is the most significant one of my life. And I'm glad to partake of it while you're here. Please eat of this bread. And he takes the glass. There's only one glass that hasn't been touched. It is the glass set by the Messiah waiting for his coming. And he takes the cup and he gives each one of them a drink. And he says, take and drink for this is my blood that I am willfully going to pour out. Now it will spot the streets of where I carry the cross. It will spot the sides and the ground around the whipping post. It will spot it and it will speak for the eons to come that God sent a lamb to take away the sins of the world. Take and drink. Now, Father, we ask you to bless these sacraments, these symbolisms of the body of Christ, of our redemption, of our representing the power of the cross. God, stir us, change us. Let us be filled with passion, fire, joy. God, we ask it in Jesus' name today as we taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen and amen. Will you pass it out, gentlemen?
Will you please stand with me today? And I know that you have one piece in your hand, but let's break that little piece of bread. Jesus' body was broken. Let the reality of the blessing of God, the abundant life that he gave you when he raised from the dead, never speak you don't have, never speak that there is lack, never speak if I had, but always speak that God has met every one of my needs physically, emotionally, financially, and relationally. God has provided me with strength from on high. It is not a natural blessing. It is not a natural endowment. It is God himself bestowing grace upon your life. Let us see. Jeremiah 13 says that there is a fountain that ever flows. Why? Because we're not perfect. We make mistakes. But in the eyes of God, when our sins are confessed, this power that is resident in the blood of Jesus Christ still washes away our sins. And it washes away our sins and he takes away all unrighteousness. Don't think because something's happening in your life, it's because you did something. No, you've been forgiven and you've been cleansed. Amen? Let your conscience be strong. Rise up and accept. I have done what God asked and God has done what he promised. Never ever let your sins separate you from others or from God himself. Let us drink. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated today. We're going to pray. I, I sought the Lord and I said, God, how do you want me to minister to people today? And he instructed me, I just want you to pray for people. Just want you to pray for their needs. Touch them. Lay hands on them. Let me touch them with you. Let me express my great concern and love. My compassion. My awareness of their needs. Let that be conveyed today. When you touch them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lincoln's going to help me. And uh, so I gave him the uh, liberty uh, to minister to people as he sees. God leads him and so forth. And uh, so we're going to be praying for you today. Uh, I keep getting the name Terry. Now, it looks like to me that Terry has hurt 
her ankle or a, a ligament that goes down uh, through the calf of her leg. And she is, I don't, I don't know if you've got a limp or what has happened, but if that is you here, and you're here, Terry, please, who is that? Terry, uh, you hurt your ankle or your foot some way. Anybody? Okay. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, hallelujah. So here's what we want you to do. If you need prayer today, we want you to line up right here, come right through here, and we're going to lay hands on you. And I'm going to ask Eric. Eric is going to get one thing that's wrong with you. Now, the reason we only need one thing, you might say, I've got a whole list. Don't need a whole list because one thing, once it gets healed, everything produces after its own kind. And you can be touched for whatever, an ingrown toenail. And a day later, get a blind eye open. Because it is the work of God. It is the working of miracles. And so as people go, they get totally healed. So if you want prayer today, if you'll just line up right over here. And then, Eric, you're going to come and you're going to get one thing. All righty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At the cross where I first saw
power 
see their sign at your name, your name. Death will hear again at your name, your name. Cancer cannot ring at your name, your name. Sickness has to go at your name, your name. Blind receive their sign at your name, your name. Death will hear again at your name, your name. Cancer cannot ring at your name, your name. Sickness has to go at your name. Your name, blind receive their sight at your name, your name. Death will hear again at your name, your name. Cancer cannot reign at your name, your name. Sickness has to go at your name.
Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lift your hands up just one time and worship God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where are you from? Lima. Hallelujah. Where you go to church at? Oh, good. I'm glad you are. Seasons come and seasons go. But every season demands a change. I don't know that I've ever met you. But you are going to be faced with a seasonal change. You know, the first time you step out of a door and this wind knocks you in the head, you think, oh my God, I better go back and get a coat. You change everything. You look different when you come out than when you went back. Your identity is about to be changed. You are going to come face to face in the valley of decision. And God is about to do something for you that only you can orchestrate. In other words, God's saying when the wind comes, you need to make the change. God's about to visit you. Now you can let wind blow you away and all that kind of stuff, or you can say, this is God and it's time to change. You know, in man's heart, he has a conscience. In other words, he knows what's right. Sometimes he struggles with it. But you're about to come to a place that you're going to have to deal with it. Your conscience. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. God knows each and every one of our hearts. He knows each and every one of our names. Amen. How are you doing, young man? You are. Good deal. Uh, how long? You got a job? Yeah. About six months ago? About a year and a half ago. About a year and a half ago. Uh, I, I just saw the six months. Uh, now, that's not the job you really want. But that is a job that you're satisfied with. But I believe that God will give you a job that you want. Not for your purpose, but for his purpose. Because you have some things that you need to do. Like when I talk to that young man up there, that your conscience urges you to do. That inward voice that says right is right. You are being led of that but what you're saying is yeah but I don't have this and I don't have that I believe that you're going to have a job change and I believe that it's going to enable you and empower you of what you think in your mind that you can pull it off but in all reality you just need God on your side and he'll pull it together okay you're his mama and I know that you love mama 
you come because mama says you gotta come, please come, please come. But doesn't matter how you got here, it needs to be a day of change for you, of conscience as well as spirit. God has far more for you than what you are ever even dreaming of. And you're not going to get it if you keep contemplating how you can bring it to pass. You play an instrument? Huh? What did you used to play? A flute. Why'd you quit? Okay. Is that the only reason you quit? Just time. Did you ever play play with other people? Where'd you play with other people? Mm. Okay. Is your mother and father saved? Good. Where'd they go to church at? Did you go to church there? Did you play your flute there? You never played your flute there. They just never asked you. You just never volunteered. Too shy. Too shy. Okay. Yeah, well, one day you'll get to use that talent. And on the right side. Okay. Isn't that amazing? And how are you? Do you know him? How do you know him? Oh, my word. She's your cousin. Good deal. Where are you from? Wapakanene? Wapakanene? Wapak? Indianville? Neil Armstrong's house? Well, I'm glad you come today. Hallelujah. What do you need God to do in your life? You don't know? How old are you? You don't need a woman until you're 40. Really until you're about 60. You just need somebody to pick up after you. So, no, I'm kidding you. How are your friendships? You got some good ones? Mm-hmm. You ever have nightmares? Scary dreams? You never have those. Do you dream at all? You don't know. You're sleeping. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is this your first time here? Okay. Hallelujah. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Were you here in a miracle service? Maybe you just look big because all big guys look like you. You've been here. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Okay. All right. That's where I recognized you from. Was from her house. Well, good to see you again, guys. Hallelujah. All righty. Come on, lift your... Hi, guys. I see you're going to your families after. Okay. Hi, Stephen. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands up towards heaven. 
Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, say this with me. Father, I love you. Jesus, I thank you. You purchased me. I belong to you. And because of you, I can do all things. You provide the strength. You provide what is needed. And I can do all things through you because you strengthen me. I want to thank you that I am righteous, that I'm born again, that I am sanctified, I'm consecrated unto the Lord, and that he has a purpose for me. I see his purpose, and I will fulfill it. God, you are for me. You're not against me. You've made me high and lifted up. I, God, am the head and not the tail. When my enemies come out, one way they scatter seven ways. For God, I dwell in the secret place of the Almighty. And God, I know your voice. You have opened up the eyes of my understanding. I have seen the hope of God. And I have seen the power of the resurrection that is towards me in my life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now one more thing. If everybody will bow their heads just for a moment. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'm thankful that you come. But that will not get you to heaven. You have to make a personal dedication, a surrender of all that you have and all that you are to his lordship. It means you just have to abandon yourself to him and his plan. There's nothing like it. There's no replacement for it. It's freely offered from the cross. But it cannot be received without faith. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. If you believe that he has been raised from the dead. If you will simply confess him with your mouth. Thou shalt be saved. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Everybody stand to your feet. Then I want you all to confess this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you are the only way, you are the root of life, and you are the light of the world. I believe that you died for my sins, and I believe on the third day that God in heaven by faith raised you from the dead and that you are now alive. Now, Jesus, I confess that you are Lord of my life. Come into my heart. I receive you now. I denounce all hidden works of darkness. And as you have died for me, I will from this day forward live for you. I thank you that I'm born again. I'm saved. 
I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God. Amen and amen. Now, if you prayed that for the very first time, I want to get your name so I can pray for you. If you prayed that for the very first time today, maybe you are a backslider. You just renewed your faith. If you're here today and you prayed that for your very first time, lift your hand up so I can see you, wherever you are. Somebody prayed that for the very first time today. Okay, then 